The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, I sat down with a very specific idea of what I wanted to talk about. And then something completely different wanted to come through. So I'm going to take a couple of minutes now to tune in and see what wants to come first. All right, got it. So the topic for today is communicating with our spirit guides and how our spiritual support team, how our spirit guides are able to communicate with us. And I think this is such a cool topic, right? Uh, because we often think about spirit guides and we think about hearing or seeing our spirit guides. We think about signs given us to our spirit guides. But today I wanted to sort of ask the guides, how do you get to us? How do you bridge that gap, right, between being you guys are in full-on spirit form and here we are locked in this human illusion? So that is the question that I'm posing to the guides today and I'm pretty excited about it. And before we get into that, I also want to say what spirit guides are, just for those of you who are maybe a little new to this. Most of the people that follow this show are not not newbies to any of this stuff, but it never hurts to, you know, have that conversation. So spirit guides, in my understanding, what, what happens is we all come into these physical bodies or have this human experience, right? And we forget our spiritual nature. We forget our divine origins. But there's a lot of spirits. There's no time and there's no actual division between the spirit world and the human world. That division is the veil, the human illusion. But we share space and time with all sorts of lovely and loving beings that are around us and with us all the time. And when we come into human form, we put the blindfold on, but oftentimes we keep helpers around who do not. Sometimes our spirit guides are very specific to us, meaning they are here to guide us from birth to death and guide us specifically on our life's path. Sometimes we have spirit guides that we attract for different purposes, different things that we're working on. It may be a being that has a particular skill set, say healing guides who have spent a lot of lifetimes in bodies as healers. And then on the other side, they remember they can support us. Sometimes angelic beings or beings from other realms have healing gifts that they would like to bestow and share with earth and earthly beings. And so they may come to us when we're doing healing or helping work to be of service. We also, of course, have guidance from those people that we have known while they're in bodies um, who are deceased. And 
It has always been my understanding, but again, different people have different perspectives. So you go with what resonates with you. It's always been my understanding that our deceased loved ones are typically not our primary spirit guides. Okay. But I've had so many experiences as of late with people that I've known who've passed over recently who have been amazing guides to me family members, friends. Uh, I've lost a few teachers recently. I lost a client. And I know (laughs) that one in particular is smiling at me right now that, you know, they have transitioned now and I do feel their support on my journey. It's not exactly the same as my spirit guides who, again, I think I have guides that are tasked to help me on my path and have been with me the whole time and may or may not have experienced physical lifetimes, although I know my primary guide has, right? But also I know our deceased loved ones are with us as well. And sometimes too, loved ones down the family chain that maybe we haven't met have also been tasked with looking out over us. So we really have a range of support, But today I'm mostly going to talk about our deceased loved ones as spirit guides. I wasn't expecting that, but that's what came through. And also our primary guides that are here to talk about us. And the guides say it's really the same thing. The difference is if you are a guide that is tasked with being a spirit guide, meaning you are a high level guide that's probably attained some level of mastery on the human realm and then has dedicated yourself to service to serving other beings while they're having a human experience and being their guides. These guides have a higher level of expertise oftentimes than our deceased loved ones and other energies and entities that may want to be of service and assistance. So they have trained for the task. So they have extra tricks to get to us that may be different than other guidance, right? They're also telling me, and I wasn't expecting this one either, that sometimes our deceased loved ones, if they're very advanced, meaning you know they're older souls and they've come in and out of bodies a lot, and there's a strong connection between us, they may instantly know how to connect with us. And they sort of also, the guides are saying, have some inroads to connect with us because of the strength of the connection that they had with us in human bodies, right? When they were in a human body, when we are in a human body, they can sometimes ride that wave and connect with us. Other times, sometimes when our loved ones cross over, they're a little lost, they're a little confused for a while, especially this is true depending on like how they passed, what their lifetimes were like, but also younger souls tend to need a little bit more orientation going back and forth over the bridge between human form and pure spirit form. So they sometimes need a little time and attention and help to do that, but you will feel them around you too because you can feel the love that they felt, you can feel the presence, and you can feel oftentimes the memory of them. The guides say the memory of someone is actually oftentimes them getting into your space and lending their support to you, being around you. So be aware of that. If you are having a visceral memory or a visual memory of a loved one and it's very strong and very powerful, chances are they are in your space and they're giving you a little energetic hug. So I love that. But my guides really want to talk about more of our spirit guides who are tasked to helping us and how they communicate and how they can get to us. And again, it's the same mechanism they say, regardless of who the guide is, there's numerous ways. But again, oftentimes those high level spirit guides have a little bit of an edge. So the first way that our guides can get to us super easily is in sleep. 
Because in sleep, our left brain working mind is sort of shut down, right? It's sort of quiet and we are in a more free state to receive. And so in the dream state, in that state too, I know right before we're falling asleep is another good one, but especially in that dream state, it is much easier for our guides and loved ones to get to us because the mind is soft. So it's a great way for you to receive guidance if you remember your dreams or would like to remember your dreams. I love telling people set the intention before you go to bed to remember your dreams. You might want to keep a notebook by the bed to write them down right when you wake up. But that is a really, really, really good way to connect with your spiritual guidance and your spirit guides and your deceased loved ones as well, because it's very, very easy for them to reach us this way. And so I do this a lot. If I have a question, if I have something I'm pondering before I go to bed, I will ask for guidance on it. And nine out of 10 times, I will have a dream that will be completely on point. Likewise, sometimes I don't ask for the guidance, right? And I still get it. We all dream and we all get guidance in dreams. And so that is another way too. If I have a strong or potent dream, I pay attention to it. I had such a cool one the other day where, and it it probably means a lot of different things, but I was dreaming about going to a concert with my favorite band that if you've been listening enough, you've heard me talk about them too many times already, the Avett brothers. And I was thinking, it's been too long. In the dream, I was like, doing something else and I had decided not to go. And I think in the dream it was because of like COVID and the pandemic because like somebody was, there was something around that, but whatever, I sort of decided not to go. And all of a sudden I was like, I really do want to go see them. And I really, I really am a big fan and I really don't, you know, want to miss any more concerts. I want to go. And uh, so in the dream, I like was trying to get to a concert. But when I woke up, I discovered that tickets to a three-night concert that they do at Red Rocks outside of Denver, which is an amazing space to see concerts. And I've done it once now. It's been on my bucket list forever, but it's an amazing experience. If you haven't done it and you like music, I'd put it on your bucket list as well. But anyway, the tickets were going on sale the next day. And I just knew, I'm like, okay, you know, this is all lining up. And so I took a little bit of time out of a Facebook Live with an amazing guest. Sorry for that. And uh, I got myself some amazing tickets to go see that show because I felt that dream was my guides reawakening my joy for this band and saying like, you're going to want to do this. This is going to make you happy. And the ease with which I got the tickets too was definitely for me a sign. So again, that's a pretty mundane thing. And I didn't really ask guidance, like, should I go see the Avett brothers this summer at Red Rocks? (laughs) No, not at all. But again, I really do believe our soul, our guides, our higher self is communicating with us all the time during that dream state. So that is a really easy way to receive guidance. And our loved ones as well. If you dream about a loved one, I for years would dream after my grandfather died. He died when I was nine years old, but I would have the reoccurring dream that he was still alive. And then in the dream, I'd be like, but you're not alive, you're dead. It was reminding that he was still alive and that he was still with me, right? And so those dreams can be really potent and powerful. I remember another time my children's kindergarten teacher passed on and I wasn't even really that close to her. I don't know if I've told this one before, but I guess I was more close to her in spirit than in you know body because shortly after she passed away, she came to me in a dream and we had a beautiful hug and a beautiful goodbye. And it was a really lovely experience. So I believe when our loved ones or anyone visits us in a dream, that is in fact their spirit making contact with us. 
But a lot of us don't want to wait till we're asleep to connect with our spirit guides. And I get that. And so I want to talk a little bit about how they get us during the waking state as well. And what has been explained to me is the guides, especially the high level ones, can kind of get into your mind. Okay? Don't be afraid. It's not brainwashing. It's loving. But they are able to get into your mind and gently redirect your thoughts. So for me, when I am stilling my mind to receive guidance and hear the guides, it's almost like I'm tuning into a particular channel and I'm sort of waiting to pick up that channel. And I'm very intentional about it. It tends to work better when I'm reading for somebody else than when I'm reading for myself. But there are times too, thank goodness, that I can hear my guides quite directly for me as well. So that's what the experience is like for me. And what they're saying is I'm calibrating my brain waves. That's so cool. And I'm calibrating my energy to connect with theirs. And they're saying, you know, it's a gift that many mediums have and anyone can develop it. But for some of us, it comes more naturally. We've just been doing it our whole lives and we can do it a little more intentionally. But the guides can always get to everyone and they always will. And oftentimes when I'm not able to kind of connect directly or I'm not really paying attention because it takes a certain amount of focus to do that. And you know, I'm not going to maintain that high level of focus throughout my day. It doesn't make sense. You know, I do it in a session with people, or I do it if I'm meditating to receive some information for myself. But if you know I'm making dinner, I'm not I'm not gonna be in that state of being. So the other thing that I've noticed that my guides do a lot, which is so cool, is they redirect my attention right? I'll have a question or I'll be thinking about something and all of a sudden my eyeballs will go somewhere and it will be a sign. It will be the answer. The other thing is things will just pop into my brain like, hey, remember that book? Go grab that book. And I grab the book and I open you know, it randomly on a page and there's my answer or there's something I really needed to hear. Sometimes I get this with foods. I was really wondering about a supplement that I should or shouldn't take because I've been a little moody recently. And all I kept thinking is I need bananas. Give me bananas. I need to eat bananas. And I needed them so badly that I ran out to the store and bought myself some bananas and they were delicious. But then I started to think about what's in bananas. And one of the things that's in bananas is tryptophan. And one of the things that I was asking about was a supplement that raises you know, your serotonin. So I was like, oh, <laughs> there we go. That was my answer. And at the end of the day, I think the bananas did the trick. I don't even know if I need the supplement now. But again, it was an answer to my question and a delicious one at that. So a lot of times our guides will direct our attention. People love angel numbers, for example. You know, they love seeing angel numbers. And I will admit that sometimes, you know, I watch the clock waiting for them too. If I'm like, oh, it's 1110, let me just watch for a few more minutes to get my 1111. And that is totally fine. But other times I find, you know, at a particular moment, I see one of those numbers. Right? I'm thinking about something and then boom, you know, my phone goes one, 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 and I'm like, huh. That's interesting. Like, let me think if there's a message in that, in the connection between what I was thinking, what I was doing, what I was asking, and what I see. Or other times my attention is just brought to a number. The other day, I don't know, my rice cooker rests on the number 1555. And my attention was just brought to the 1555. I was like, well, that's an interesting number. And I was thinking the 555 because, you know, that's the conditioning we all have is to just love those repeating numbers. But for some reason, I Googled 1555. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) And the message was spot on. 
It was. And so again, the guides are telling me that they can often redirect our attention. And this is a way that they can get to us when our mind isn't super soft, right? And they're in there all the time implanting thoughts, implanting ideas. Again, not scary. They just know how to do it. And so pay attention to those repeating thoughts. Pay attention, not the scary ones, not the ones that something's going to go wrong, not the highly emotionally charged ones. Your guides will not do that to you. That is your mind. That is your conditioning, right? If they want to get your attention, they may be direct, but they will very rarely be fear-based. I had a message the other night in the middle of the night where I was trying to decide if I should do something or not, like take a medicine or something like that. And all of a sudden, I saw my primary guide giving me like the signal, like no. And it was strong and it was decisive, but it was loving and it wasn't fear-based. And so if it's a recurrent thought that's fear-based and it has a lot of emotional charge, it is most likely not your guides, even if they're telling you something like stop, listen, right? We hear stories like someone's about to get into an accident in the car and they hear a voice that says, you know, put your seatbelt on or veer left. Those voices, nine out of 10 times, are calm. They're calm. They're direct. They're clear. And they may have a certain amount of emphasis, right, if it's an important message, but they're always calm. So be aware of that. And that's a really good way to tell the difference between these recurring thoughts that are coming from your guides and the ones that are just coming from your mind. Because the mind ones are going to be loopy and they're going to be fear-based. They're ultimately not going to be helpful. Okay? But if you have a recurrent thought like, God, I really want bananas, huh? Wow. Why do I really want bananas? You know, I'm going to get me some bananas. First of all, get the bananas because, you know, unless you're allergic and I haven't heard of that, bananas are great for you. Enjoy them. But, you know, like sometimes these repeated kind of thoughts are given to us by our guides or pick up this book or go call that person who's had this one. I know y'all can't answer me because it's a podcast, but a lot of us, you know, call so-and-so like, or I wonder what's going on with so-and-so. I just keep thinking about so-and-so, right? And you call them and they have a bit of information for you or something's going on in their life. Or, I mean, we've all had those experiences when you just keep feeling like I got to check in with someone. And then when you do, you're like, oh my God, you know. I was hearing some guidance there. I sometimes will tell clients that they're on my radar because I will just keep thinking about someone over and over again. And oftentimes it's like not even someone I I see regularly. Like sometimes someone will be on the radar that I haven't seen in five years and they'll just keep coming into my mind. And again, because I love my clients dearly, I really truly do. I love every one of them. I love every one of you, even those of you I don't know, but I most definitely love my clients. But I tend to, when the session is over, to let them go and I do not perseverate on them. But if somebody comes into my brain like two or three times, I often reach out and I reach out in a very gentle way because, you know, I don't want to be all like weird about it. But I'll just say something like, you know, you're just on my radar. Just wanted to check in, make sure everything's okay. And a lot of times that person will be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, here's what's going on. Again, that's often our guidance, right? I'm not consciously tuning into my client's energy, except when I'm in a session with them. I mean, sometimes that radar might be on the guides are saying, so I'll be aware of that. They say when I strongly connect and love someone, I still may occasionally just tune into their energy or they may be calling to me. Ah, that makes sense, right? Without realizing it. So I'm hearing it from them. That makes sense. But oftentimes too, it can be our spirit guides. 
Spirit guides can also get our attention. They can also distract us, all right? And I've had this happen to me before too. So sometimes when you need to have a life experience, your spirit guides know how to give it to you. There was a time when I was learning and they're laughing right now because they think that this is so funny that I'm sharing this story. Huh? I hope I'm sharing it right. <laughs> they um, are reminding me of a time when I think the message was for me to learn to travel light because I used to have so much stress about traveling. And I was traveling between our home in Connecticut and Miami where I would use an apartment uh, that my dad had. It was like an extra apartment. And I, we would keep some things there. But once a year, I would bring a bunch of my summer clothes down there because we would go back and forth over the winter. And that way, I didn't have to haul stuff back and forth. And packing was always kind of stressful for me because I always wonder what to bring. And I, I tend to overpack. And I think it was a message to lighten the load, but my suitcase got left at home. And there was a moment when I noticed that it was missing. And a lot of times that's the guides going, uh, you know, Victoria, you, you know, it happens sometimes if I forget an appointment with a client or something's going on, my guidance, again, they'll get into my mind and they'll be like, hey, think about this, think about this. And then, you know, a lot of times I ignore them and then I'm like, oh, darn. But I believe, and I could be wrong, but they are laughing that this time the opposite happened because I had a thought about, oh, where's my luggage? And then all of a sudden I heard, oh, it's in the car. Don't worry. And it wasn't. And I really believe, and again, I could be wrong, but I really believe that my guides did a little kind of distraction for me so that I could have the experience of knowing that I could be okay without all of that luggage. I might've told the story before on the podcast. So if I did, please forgive me. And I did find a service to send my luggage to me. So I had it within a day or two, but I realized that I was fine without it. So let's see what else wants to come through on this. So our guides can get into our minds and communicate with us either through that direct channel, like I said, where I tune into their channel and I can hear them or more from that cooperation where they just get into our thoughts. So always pay attention to sort of where your attention is drawn if something keeps just randomly popping in your mind that's pretty clear and calm, but seems like a little bit out of nowhere, that's another way they can get to us. They can also draw our attention to things in the environment, right? So I've told this story before too, but before I took my momentous trip to Egypt in 2019 and I was really afraid to go, whenever I would have fear about it, my attention would be drawn to a soaring bird usually like a hawk or something along those lines or a crow, which I now associate with the Egyptian god Horus or a falcon, I think is what Horus was supposed to be, but I, I count them all. But it would happen again and again and again and again. And of course, look, you can say birds are flying all the time, but you know I'm not always noticing them. And so I really pay attention to those kinds of things. If I'm thinking about something or I keep seeing the same animal over and over again, or for me, a lot of times my eyes are drawn to things that look like the eye of Horus when I'm feeling a little bit unsteady, because that's just a powerful, again, sign for me that all is well and um, that I'm safe and cared for and all of that good stuff. So paying attention to those signs can be really important. What the guides say is, 
they will bring your attention to it. They will bring your attention to it. And sometimes too, they will line it up for you, right? Because we have a beautiful world where everything is connected and there is no time and space. So, you know, they can often orchestrate some of these little mini miracles that we experience all the time. Like for me, seeing dolphins or seeing whales or having a coyote wander through my yard when I first moved here and, you know, stare me in the eyes. It wasn't scary. It was amazing. All of these things, right? And our energy brings them in as well. They're telling me, and I can't believe I've been talking for 24 minutes and I'm going to have to stop soon, but they're telling me there was a much more of an understanding of this in ancient cultures and in ancient shamanic cultures because they understood more deeply the web of life and that they felt more naturally a part of the web of life, which is something that I think in modern culture we don't get as much. It was much easier to sort of attract in and cooperate with these animal and spirit signs. Okay, because you understood you were part of the life. And so that if you needed that reassurance, that coyote would hear your call and it would be there for you. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? And they're saying that many of us that have had those past lifetimes with those kind of lineages, myself included, right, just naturally know how to work with those energies and those animal energies. All right. And so in this respect, you could even say the animals themselves are your guides because you're working with them and they're hearing you and they're cooperating with you. And again, it's all part of one thing, which is the last thing I want to say about spirit guides, right? We are all cut from the same cloth. We are all one thing at the end of the day, individuated you know, for learning and growth and expansion. And so be aware of the fact, and I've said this before, that our spirit guides are really, just like I say this about me too, and about anyone and anything, are really here to guide us back to our own inner wisdom, to our own inner divinity, and to what we already know within ourselves. They cannot and will not do the work for you. Believe me, I've asked, (laughs) but they can't, but they will give you support. They will lend you their love and they will guide you, which is why we call them spirit guides. And in guidance, they will try to get your attention, try to support you, try to give you the information that you need, try to uplift your vibration or help you to uplift your vibration so that you can hear them more and make a stronger connection both with them and with your own highest and truest self. So I think I could talk about this for a lot longer, but I think I'm going to wrap it up for today. These are just some of the many ways that our spirit guides do get in touch with us. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. All right. Just cut the wrap up because there's one more that wants to come through. The last way that the guides are saying that they can sometimes connect with us is through visions and through seeing. And some people do have the ability to see their guides either physically. This is not a thing that I do with their eyes as if you know they see them in space or they see energy or in their mind's eye. So be aware of that as well. Visions in your mind, vivid daydreams are another way that our guides can reach us. And daydreaming is another powerful way to connect with your intuition anyway, because when our mind wanders, again, it brings us back a little bit to that dream state. So if you are daydreaming in a way that you are perseverating and you're having sort of negative thoughts, again, that's more of an anxiety loop. But if you are daydreaming and you are thinking about something that's expansive or interesting or even just surprising, that is most likely your guides getting your attention and capturing you when you're in that receptive state. 
And the last one is they can sometimes communicate with us through physical or bodily sensations, right? So I remember early on, one of my teachers in intuition development workshop was like, have your guides touch you. This did not go over well for me. This actually freaked me out, to be honest. But nowadays, it wouldn't freak me out at all. And I can sometimes feel you know, that energy of my guidance around me. I can see sometimes, I don't know if people can always feel it, but I, I see deceased loved ones in sessions, like hug their loved ones. And sometimes you can, you can feel that. You can feel the warmth. You can feel the energy. It may not feel exactly like a physical hug, although the guides say sometimes it can right? Because we have such vivid imagining and the guides can work through that. But sometimes it feels like a feeling of warmth or the chills or just a feeling of being supported, a feeling of a wave of unconditional love going in and out of your body. I remember one person in the class was saying she sometimes felt like something around her head, like a helmet. I don't know if that was her guides or not, but it very well could have been. So certain bodily sensations that you might get weird feelings. Some people get ringing in the ear. So that's the last way that our guides can sometimes communicate with us through those sensations. And again, especially if you are longing to connect either with someone that has passed or just even feel that warmth of your guides, you can sit down in a meditative state and just ask to feel their love, right? Ask to feel that, ask to let that in and you will most likely be able to feel them around you, right? It's a kinesthetic sense. All right, that is for real the end of this episode. (laughs) That is all I have for you today on the ways in which our spirit guides can reach us and connect with us. I hope it was as interesting and helpful for you as it was for me. Do know that I do teach classes periodically and more in depth of how to connect with your spirit guides. And there's a beautiful meditation in the Activating Your Intuition class, which is a self-paced online class that you can find on my website. And I believe there's also a whole class on spirit guides as well. So check those things out if you want to hear more. And thank you as always, always, always for tuning in. And I will talk to you again soon. Have a wonderful day and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again, and namaste. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.